Hello, podcast listeners. I hope you are doing well. Today's podcast is going to be all about how to set goals and achieve them. And yes, it's because it's New Year's and there's the whole 2024 New Year, New Me hype. And I totally love that. Uh, but if you're not that type of person, that's okay too. And I just want to start off the podcast episode by saying if you're someone who hates goal setting, hates scheduling hates i don't know the whole new year's hype of like starting fresh and all that sort of stuff i hear you you were completely valid for wanting that and feeling that way and maybe this isn't the episode for you the reason i'm talking about it one second actually i have to do this episode unedited because i'm actually home visiting family and wanted to wait to do this episode but you're gonna get kind of some raw uncut things but the main reason that I am recording an episode on a bulimia recovery and binge eating recovery podcast about scheduling, basically, you know, like setting goals and setting up your time to achieve those goals and that sort of stuff is because I actually work with a lot of clients on time management, setting goals, making action items and achieving that. I think the main difference between coaching and treatment or therapy, one, it's not medical treatment. I'm not a replacement for a uh, therapist or a doctor or counselor for that matter. But what I am helpful for people is helping them set up action items and then kind of pursuing those actions and and figuring out what challenges are coming up from them and adjusting their time. Of course, we talk about many things on coaching calls, but that's a big part of what I do. And it's a little bit different from, you know, what a treatment center might do, very, very different from a treatment center, but then also what a therapist might do in helping people with their recovery journeys. I kind of help them streamline their process basically in recovery and overcome the challenges for it. But anyway, I talk with a lot of clients about their time, their goals, not just with recovery, but their life in general, and then how to achieve them. And I actually had a client, I think I had two people this year, but one I've been working with recently, who hired me specifically for helping her think big picture and achieve big picture goals in her career and life and otherwise, and then help her schedule and stick to those goals long term. She had had a previous experience with an eating disorder and sometimes still has a little like behavior lingering. So she, she found me through that. But then she was like, I really need help thinking big picture. And it was interesting to speak with her because as we've been working throughout the weeks, she's great at, uh, task, uh, accomplishing tasks, doing things and being in it. But what I realize is not common for everyone. And it's something I'm actually good at that I'm teaching her is how to think and dream really. And then how to implement those dreams and work through it. And we were talking about formulas in which she can think when she called them big goals, she called them fuzzy things, things that are kind of mushy when you think of those big picture things that you want to achieve, but you're just not sure how when there's so many fringe edges, they're mushy edges, they're fudgy, fluffy edges. Um, we were discussing how that's actually not a common thing for everyone to know, firstly, how to even dream about them, how to dare to dream, but then also how, if you have that dream, how do you even reach it? And so that's why I wanted to do this podcast. I love setting goals. I love... uh figuring out how I'm going to get there. And the funny thing about it, I want to talk about this in the next podcast episode is my 2024 reflections. I always do, or 2023 reflections, we're not there yet. I always do New Year's reflections this time of year uh, because I just think it's interesting and you learn a lot throughout the year. And I I find it fun when other people do that. But something I was going to say there that I guess I'll say here because it's relevant is I fail almost every one of my goals that I set. (laughs) Most of the time I fail. Some of them I do achieve, but 
the purpose of setting goals, if you don't take away anything from this episode, the purpose of setting goals is not always to achieve the goal. Actually, it's the process in which you take to achieve that goal that you learn much more and you become a different person. It's not just about the end result. And so why I'm such a big fan of goal setting and taking advantage of the new year hype, even though it's annoying sometimes and people are too gung-ho and sometimes it's it's the only time of year where they set goals, I'm like a goal setter all year round, but sometimes it's just, it's just too much. It's commercialized, right? I think it's actually an excellent thing because for me, if I never set goals in my life and I never pursued them and I never failed at them, I would never make any progress. And even though every single goal I've, not every single goal, but a lot of goals I've failed at, the pursuit of those goals have pushed me further than I ever would have imagined and pushed me further than my original goals. Eventually you do reach those goals when you keep extending them, right? And you keep pushing yourself further and further. So I think it's a great thing and it's part of self-development and becoming a new person, right? Which I think if you're, this is going to sound like toxicity and I I think there's such merit to being at peace with yourself and chilling and being all right. Um, You don't always be growing. That's cancer, right? But there is... There's such merit to constantly pushing and learning yourself throughout your life because then what else are you doing, right? Of course, take time to smell the roses and just chill. You don't constantly have to be growing, but consistently setting goals, goals that you're scared to fail at, goals that frighten you just a little bit, but they know you're what you actually want. They don't, they teach you a ton about yourself in terms of being real with what you actually want, but then also they help you figure out how to get there and grow as a person. And I just, that's why I'm a big fan of goal setting and why I fully embrace the new year's hype, new you, new me, fresh start. Let's set, reset our goals for the year. And it's just a good reflection time. And I think it's excellent. So that's why I'm talking about it. <laughs> I don't think I answered my original prompt. Why I'm talking about it on a bulimia recovery podcast is because when you set goals, uh, one, it's really important for recovery because a lot of times people have recovery goals. And so you need to know how to set them and then achieve them. But also managing your time and setting goals teaches you about how to overcome failure, a big, important, important piece of recovery as well. And then how to stay focused on recovery and a lot of the principles in recovery you can put in your goals and um, constantly push yourself forward. And also setting goals outside of bulimia is really helpful for recovery because it makes your life bigger than bulimia. It shows you that while you're focused on recovery right now, it's not the only goal and there are more things ahead of you. And I think it just makes people feel more fulfilled and confident in themselves. That's why I talk a lot about scheduling and goals in this podcast in general, but that's why I'm going to talk about it today, even though it's a bulimia and binge eating podcast. But before we begin, I do want to say that the early enrollment has closed for the new eight-week group coaching program. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, go check out my website, bingebreakers.com. But the early enrollment has closed for that. And now we still have, at the time of recording this, we have 12 spaces still available. There's a 20 group, there's a 20 person cap on each eight week cycle. Uh, but I'm hosting a new group coaching program starting January 20, 2024, January 2nd. It's going to be amazing. I'm taking all the knowledge I've learned from the past three years of my group coaching and my one-on-one coaching and combining it into a very simplified, streamlined, focused, intense program that I think is going to help a lot of people, a lot of people at a much lower cost. And it's going to be freaking awesome. So if you need help with learning how to eat consistently and enough and how to stop binging and purging, like interrupt your habits around those things and stay focused on recovery and feel your feelings and be in a place with other people that are going through the same thing that will um, support you and be there for you. 
this is the program for you. So you can still join. There's still spaces available and the uh, enrollment closes January 1st, but spaces will probably go before then. So if you are interested, go check it on my website. If you have questions, email me. That should be on my website as well. And otherwise, we'll talk about the podcast. Okay, how to set goals and achieve them. I think those are two very important things because it's one thing to set a goal. It's another to implement them, which we'll talk about. Uh, but the first thing I wanted to say is you have to decide on the goal and you've decided what it is. Um, and some people know, like for, I don't know, for me, I've always been someone who dreams about things for myself. Maybe it's because I'm a youngest sibling. So I've always been a little bit more self-focused. I don't know. I was talking to this client that I'm helping with scheduling and stuff. She was an older sibling. And I think how she was raised, she was never taught to really think about herself. It's really about doing and implementing, which is interesting Then she has trouble thinking big and thinking about long-term goals for herself. For me, that's never been the case. I've always been like, I know what I want, right? I know how to get there. But there was a time when I was in bulimia, especially where I was like, I don't even know what I want. Um, and I just, I felt like I wanted different things, but they were so blurry to me because they didn't even seem possible. And you don't, you can't want what you don't understand, right? And this brings me to one of the questions I posted on Instagram saying I was going to be talking about this today. And someone said, what do I do when I'm not sure what goals I want? Like, how do I set goals if I don't know what I want? My simplified answer is I'd say, just pick something. Just pick a random goal. <laughs> it can be it can be things that you think other people have told you are good things, like maybe getting further in your career, starting a new hobby, recovery. Um, it can be whatever. It can just be a mainstream, stereotypical goal. And the reason I say that is that if you truly don't know, you just need to try stuff. You're in a phase where you just need to experiment and learn and get to know things. There's been so many changes that I had this year. And so much information has been brought to light that if I hadn't have gotten that, I wouldn't have known what I know now. And now my wants and desires for life have changed so much more based on the differences I've gone through this year. But I would never have wanted these things if it weren't for new information that came my way. And that just came from experience, um, experimenting and really having random things thrown at me. So one thing you could say, if you don't, if you're not sure of what goals you want, just pick something, just decide and like go with it for at least a month and see how it, how it fares for you. And even if that goal was a completely awful decision, you probably will learn a lot from it. Obviously try not to pick something that's going to damage you. Of course, do it with some good intentions, but that might actually help you a whole lot. But secondly, if you don't know what you want, sometimes I like to think about it like this. Instead of thinking about goal setting as I'm going to buy this quarter, make this amount of revenue, or by this time I'm going to have read 1,200 books in in 12 months because that's reasonable, whatever it is that you think you should be doing. I like to think, to ask people, and I ask this client, if you were a little kid um, or if you are a little kid and you're told to be whatever you want to be when you grow up, or you're told to do whatever you want with your life, what would you have said? How would you have dreamt? And I think what we've lost a lot in society and we lose a lot as we grow up, when we're little kids, we dream big, you know, especially if you were in a supportive nurturing environment, you were taught to dream big and have all these wild ideas about what adulthood would be like. But over time, it just gets buried under life stuff. People bring you down. Adults that have fixed beliefs tell you that's not possible. And then you slowly but surely become more reasonable. But for you to daydream or you to really set your goals this year, I'd like you to just remove the cap and pretend like you were a child again and think about what if, what you want if 
No one else is judging you, including yourself, because we judge ourselves for our goals. Sometimes we we know we want something, but we're so ashamed of it, or we think that it's not what we should have. I was just talking to my cousin today about Midwest ideals and how that kind of shaped our lives without really realizing it, like what we felt bad about doing and why we stayed in certain situations because of those values that we were brought up with, right? But when no one else is watching, no one else is judging you, what do you secretly dream of? What do you secretly want more than anything else? And sometimes if you give yourself the safe space to dream about what might be nice, what might be cool, what kind of piques your interest, then you can find some really good goals that are actually there buried deep underneath the self-judgment. So one, if you don't know, just pick something. If you really want to set a goal and try it, like that will, that will help you and give you ideas. The, sometimes people just haven't experienced enough. They haven't had enough um life moments to really know or sometimes they're what I was originally saying is that they're just so buried under bulimia and stress that they really don't understand what they might possibly want which is me and my eating disorder so just pick something see where it goes and before I recovered um, I'd say the year yeah the year before I I recovered I got much more into listening to self-development podcasts and life coaching and just listening to people doing cool stuff and realizing, connecting the dots of, I didn't know this was possible. I didn't know people could just change their lives. One, I thought I was doomed to just binge and purge and play The Sims all the time and have a job I didn't like. I didn't know that you could change. So that was one thing. Um, but yeah, before that, I really started I'm getting, you're going to get a really random Jacqueline, this podcast episode, because there's no editing that shall be done. But basically, when I was going through bulimia, what helped me a year before recovering and then that six months before I the binging really slowed down was listening to other things, trying new things. I had like hosted a sketch club. I think that was like the year actually, you know, I'd recovered at that point. But with experimenting and trying new things, joining a life coaching program, then eventually doing different meetups and uh, hosting my own meetups and then doing this podcast. And then from this podcast, there's been other ideations of things I realized I didn't know I wanted, but I wanted. So that's why I say just pick something. But if you don't even want to do that, but you really like, you feel like there's some deep down buried desires that you have, you just don't ever allow yourself to dream, try that. And you can write them down or you can not write them down. But what I always like to tell people too, is if they're judging themselves hardcore on their goals, no one has to know. You can just think about it. You don't have to do it, right? Allow yourself the freedom to just think what you want to think, right? I know that eventually we're going to, we're developing, we already have technology where we can, we can like read people's minds now. So it's only a matter of time where our thoughts aren't free either, which is terrifying. But for right now, your brain, your thoughts are your own, right? And no one is ever going to hear them, including you. So let yourself think freely, right? Without judgment, without shame. And you might find that there's some goals and desires that come up from there. So that's what I'd say is like the biggest part of how to set goals um, of just even if you don't know what you want. But then two, after you kind of have an idea, like you've thought about it a little bit, you have to have this brainstorming stage. What I usually do, I'm going to do this this week, actually. So it's kind of good for me now that I'm home with my parents. I didn't want to do this till I got here because I felt like I needed time to think. And I always like to do the 2024 reflection when I on Christmas break, just so because I've had some space away from business and everything to just kind of go over things. But what I like to do is review my year, review how my goals have been, what all happened. And then I like to give myself a set amount of time just to brainstorm goals and brainstorm what I want. Sometimes I'll make a list of like everything I want to do, just a master list. And sometimes it's way too extensive and it's really long, but I just let myself free free write. Even if some of those things are not tangible, they're never going to get done. It's just fun to write them down because you never, ever know. So just dump it out 
all out on your brain and give yourself a time limit because you could do that for a long time. I'd say for me, sometimes it's 10 minutes, sometimes it's 30, but set a time limit, just brainstorm all the different goals and then look through each of them and highlight probably four to seven goals you want to pick. Some My planner that I love to use, the Full Focus Planner, not sponsored. I just have been using that for years and it's really helped me. Um, they have a section where you can set 10 goals for the year. Um, and I suppose it's tangible, but I think the fewer goals you have, the more that you can um, accomplish in those goals. Uh, it's better just to focus on a few things, but do those things well. So I would go through and highlight four to seven of the most prominent goals that if you accomplish those, you think about this would really impact me. And then I'd after write down, okay, why these goals? Why are these, if you only accomplish this next year, next year, why are they most important to you? And this is what I do with every new client that I take on. And with the eight week group coaching program, every time, every time someone joins, I send them a separate email and I, I ask them three questions because I want to know a bit more about them and the program or the, how I can help them in the program. And the first question I always ask them is, what do you want to achieve in these eight weeks? What are your goals and why? And how will those goals, the goal results impact your life? What positive things will you see from it? Why is this important to you? And how will you see it play out in your life? And I don't just mean like, I'll feel better. I don't want the answers to be, it will make me happy. It will improve things. I want you to get nitty gritty and think about at the end of this goal, how do I think I'll feel? How do I think my life will be changed? What specifically in my day will be different after this? Will um, it change my behavior? Will it change my thought process? Who will I become after I've achieved this goal? And then you could even take it a step further if you want to go in a hardcore journaling session and think, who do I have to be in order to achieve this goal? That's kind of a future thing. But write those things down. Do some journaling over these four to seven goals of why the freak would you even bother? Because you got to know your time is precious. And what you spend your time on, what you consider, what you think about, and what you work towards, that is something that's priceless, right? So you need to be serious about why exactly you're setting this goal. It can't, it's not that you have to die over this goal. I'm not saying that, but make sure it's something that you truly care about and it's something that you think pertains to you. And this brings me to another question I got about goal setting, which is, um, they said, how, uh, how not to set, oh, they didn't actually ask that. I just overread it. Um, well, I'll ask that question. I'll answer that another time. But this person said how to set goals that they don't feel exactly like you want to do them, but you know you should. And this person was referring to recovery. So I think this comes into play where some goals, you know you want them, but you know actually doing them are going to be challenging. Then it's important to have those really strong reasons for why you want to do it. So you can train your brain that, look, yeah, some of these goals, they go in contradiction with who we are now, but that's the point, right? We want to change as a person. Therefore, here are the reasons why we want to change them. Here's what it's offering us. So you have to see the, both those things play out. This person also, another person wrote down how not to set contradictions goals like weight loss and bulimia recovery. Um, I think then again, listening, listening, oh my goodness, listing your reasons why you want to set this goal is very important because sometimes you might find during this process that you actually sit down with pen and paper, you highlight the goals that you set, and then you write down the real 
honest reasons why you want to do it. Like let's say weight loss, for example, sometimes people want to lose weight for good reasons. Like it would improve their health, activity, their mental health, all those sorts of things. But sometimes people want to lose weight for really bad reasons. Like it will maintain their self-worth or improve their self-worth, right? It'll make them such a better person or it will help them stay in this limited capacity of who they are in their eating disorder, or they're just scared to gain weight. So they, they want to maintain it or something. They want to lose further. It's this obsessive thing. So I would say that a good way to not set contradictory goals is to really be honest with why you're setting them in the first place and then give yourself a hard look and say, does this make sense? And then if you do choose to pursue those goals still, you then know the real reasons. There's no lying to yourself after that. So you can know that you're not doing this goal because you have to, you're setting this goal by choice, right? And you sat down and you reviewed the reasons and you still are doing it. Then you're kind of building authority of I'm choosing to do this. And it builds this idea that if I'm choosing to do this, maybe I can choose to do something else. Maybe I can stop doing that. So, so far we have brainstorm the goals, let yourself dream, then dump those dreams out onto paper, brain dump it, set a time limit. And then after you've gone through that, highlight four to seven goals that you want for this year. I like to pick personally some goals that are personal, some that are health related, and some that are... uh some that are business related. And I think that's kind of well-rounded so that you're not, sometimes I can be too too focused on business or too focused on health. So for me, sometimes I tend to, one of my flaws is I tend to let personal things go. So for me, it's actually quite important for me to have like a friendship goal and uh, relationship goals. And it's not that I don't care. I just get, I have that kind of obsessive personality, right? So I get too focused on those things and I let the other things dwindle. And then I'm like, oh no, these are actually important to me. So another benefit of goal setting is it helps you reprioritize things and understand what's truly important to you. And especially if you, it's not that you're a bad person, but if you lack intention with certain things, it's where you can see where you need to give that attention back, right? And set it and correct it here every year. It's kind of like a touch up for your, your whole life, right? Goal setting. So anyway, do all those things. And I think then journaling the reasons why you want to have these goals and how they'll impact you. That's one of the most vital pieces of this, because if you don't have good reasons, it's going to be hard to stick to those things over time. All right, that's the how to set goals, right? Another caveat I'd say that kind of pertains to what I'm about to say, which is about implementation, is after you've done these things, some of your goals, I don't know, all of them, whatever, Make sure your goals that you're setting that you've highlighted, if you have highlighted them and they're not very tangible, correct them a little bit. And whatever your goals are, try to make them now something that if at the end of the year, um, someone saw that goal and they they would be able to know that it got done or didn't get done or that it improved in this way. So for example, last year, I set a goal to run a 10K and that's a very practical, tangible goal that is measurable. It's either did I or didn't I, right? And I did run a 10K. So I achieved that goal from last year. Another goal for me was to, I think it was like, go on one date night per week or like take a few trips. For, I need to review it. Take a few trips per month or something with my my ex, my partner, right? That did not work out. 
But it was a goal, right? So at the end of the year, theoretically, I would have had this many dates that I could collect and have. And like, yes, that or yes, it did improve. We went on X many dates or something and that helped, right? Uh, and then is there anything else like a good example? But basically, look at your goals and make sure that even if they are kind of personality goals or recovery goals, you'll know that you achieve those goals because of X, Y, and Z reasons. So recovery, it's kind of hard to say when people are recovered and when they're not because sometimes people can relapse. Sometimes they can go back in between. They can still, they can be behavior free, but they're still struggling with this. But if you, for example, want to set a goal of, I would like to be recovered by next year, right? You could set a goal of, I will know that this, I am recovered because of these things. And we'll talk about how goals need to be flexible and adaptable, but you're just kind of, you're taking a stab at what you think it will look like. And this is where I think people, my client was struggling. She's like, it's so fluffy. It's so mushy. I don't know everything. You will never be able to predict what's going to happen with 100% accuracy. If I had told past me what was going to happen this year, I would have laughed at them and told them that that's a lie and that's hysterical. and That's not true, you know, but like my, my life completely changed and got turned upside down this year. And that's okay. But like I could, it's a lot of my goals that I said, I couldn't have predicted those things, right? Doesn't mean I should have, shouldn't have set those goals. No, it just means that those goals I needed to adapt with them, right? They couldn't stay. So you could set parameters for what you think recovery is defined by. Let's say like, I'm never, I'm not going to be engaging in these behaviors or the behaviors will be reduced by this amount. And then our thought process will be like this or well, this many days, whatever it is you think, this is what recovery will look like. Or we'll be able to have Oreos in the house and not binge on them. And that's how we'll know we're recovered. Of course, all recovery is not based on that. I'm not saying that. Don't take that and think, if I can't handle Oreos, I'm not recovered. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying make sure that you put tangible results that if those things happen, you will know that you've completed that goal. And even if you fail at those things, it gives you something, a direction to work towards, which the reason I'm saying this is that people set goals, but they're not specific. They're vague. And while not everything can be specific and measurable in life, there's merit to trying to make your goals as measurable as possible, not because if you don't achieve those, you have no self-worth. It just is a way that you can track your progress and then review and adjust accordingly, right? That's all it is. And if you can detach yourself from that personality-wise, self-worth-wise, it actually makes it easier to achieve them or easier to adjust them when it's not working. And I guarantee you, one of these goals, if not 50, 75% of these goals, you will fail. So in writing these results, it's really important to note that, again, you might write them that's good that you have that measure of progress, but they might need to change. It's not about whether you achieve the goal or not. It's about, did you put work into getting there? Did this help you change? Did this help you learn more things? Did it help you get you more of what you wanted? Or did it help you know that this is actually not the goal you wanted after all? And you didn't, it wasn't important to you. And that's why you switched it, but you would have never known had you not set the goal and result in the first place and tried to work towards it. That's why this is important. And if I haven't said this already, another reason that this is important is that if you want to actually implement and do the goals, they need to be specific so that you know what you're working towards, you know what you need to do. Before I move on from that, I did want to ask or say someone asked me on Instagram about how how to be okay with high failure over low success setting goals makes them shoulds for me. This is the person talking. They said setting goals um, makes them 
shoulds for me, um, meaning that if they don't do it, they're a failure or they should only accomplish those goals. And if they don't, that is wrong. And I always say this, a coach said it to me one time and it blew my mind. They said, high failure is better than low success, which is again, why I'm harping on the results thing is that, and that the fact that the results are kind of re- don't matter just so long as you're working towards them. It's because had you never said any goal, you would never have progressed, right? Or had you never done anything, you wouldn't have progressed anywhere. And the coach was basically saying to me, I was afraid to set this high goal because I thought I would fail at it. So I said, why not? Why don't I set a more realistic goal that I know I can achieve because I've achieved it before? And they said, high failure, meaning even if you set this high goal and you fail at it, you will still have achieved more than your low goal that you wanted to set previously. Therefore, the high failure is better than the low success you want to achieve. And that's what I'd say to this client is that these goals, you really need to wrap your head around. You need to detach yourself from the results and understand that they are just, they're just ballpark estimates. They are not real life. And I think that's why people hate goal setting so much, actually, now that I'm thinking about it is, they, they get so attached to the end result and they think, if I don't get this, then life is a disaster. And you can't think like that because you can never make a 100% accurate prediction. You have no idea at the end of the day what's going to happen. So therefore, you have to set them as if they're fairies in the sky, right? They're just <laughs> these little num- these little things that you are trying to work towards, but they aren't actually real and detach yourself from them. And I, hopefully that helps that person a little bit. They're not shoulds, they're estimates, they're guidelines, they're theories at best. They're not real life. And maybe they'll become real life for you, but they're really just guidelines to help you work towards something. Results that you're writing down, they're just compasses. That's what goals are. They're just maps, they're compasses, they're direction guidelines. They're not your self-worth reason that we need to do that is so that it guides you for the next part. So implementing, how do you do that? Well, one, if you make the goal super specific, then what you have to do is work backwards. And this is what I help the client with a lot. We were talking about formula for fluffy things, which she calls big goals, like mushy, fluffy things, because there's so many fringe things. But what I, tell, what I told her the formula was, because she was like, I, it was funny when I told her this, she, she was like, I never thought to do that, but that makes so much sense. It's so much, so simple. Um, I said, first of all, what is the end result you're trying to achieve here? Instead of thinking this big thing, like what specifically are you trying to achieve? If you accomplished it, what would it look like? Which is just what we went over. And then the second question is, what do you need in order to achieve the result? And I told her, I was writing this formula down to her and gave it to her in her notes. And I said, take an educated guess. Take educated guesses. You can never 100% make an accurate prediction work backwards from the final result. So this is something that was taught to me by Brooke Castillo and I think many other Brooke uh, gurus, but I remember, I think Corinne Crabtree, she also has like kind of a scheduling thing that she uses and they work backwards, but it's a classic thing you hear, but it's true. Once you have the final results, you have your compass and then you have to think, okay, if I work backwards, how do I think I'll get there? What action items do I need to do in order to get there? So for example, for my 10K that I was going to run, I knew firstly, the simplest action item was that I needed to book a 10K to run. I needed to find a race and then I needed to pay to be in that race. And that was the first step. And the other thing I knew is that I needed to train for the 10K. How to train, I'm not sure. But I said, um, one of my goals was look up training plans for a 10K and pick one. And then the other one was do the training plan, right? Run the runs. So that was my three-step process for accomplishing a 10K and then it worked out. So you work backwards and think of specific action items that you're going to do. And then what you have to do is 
you have to have some sort of thing, some sort of daily thing that makes sure that ensures that you are spending time working on those action items. It depends on the goal, right? For my 10K, I had to set up time in my schedule to run and I needed to make sure I was putting an effort to run I think it was five days a week or so, um, so that I was training for that run and put it in my schedule and all those sorts of things. And then, uh, so that's a big thing people kind of miss. They're like, they set the goal, but then they never dedicate time towards it. And this is why I think scheduling is so important and being intentional with your time is important for recovery. Because if you have a recovery goal, let's say your goal is to be behavior free in three months, how are you going to achieve that? Well, I think the first thing is considering um, you probably need some sort of interruption tactic you need to do daily. You need to be more aware of your habits going on with binging and purging. When are you binging and purging? Why are you binging and purging? So probably do some sort of journaling exercise or get a counselor or coach or therapist to help you be more aware of your habits around it. And then after that, you would want to set up some sort of protocol that you are going to use each and every time you have an urge and lean into it and then probably set up time to review when that's working, when it's not, and how to keep repeating it over time. And then another action item for that would be reducing triggers, right? Reducing stress and reducing other reasons why you're binging and purging. Like if you're not eating enough, eating consistently and more often, right? So that you're not as um, triggered to binge and purge, right? You're not having those primal urges happen. So Anyways, you would have to then, if you have to do all those things, that's going to require time, right? So you have to be intentional with how you're spending your time and have a way to keep track of it and then put that into your schedule somehow. Otherwise, it's likely not going to get done or it's going to slip through the cracks. It depends on how excited you are for the goal. Um, and sometimes it's just easy to fit in. But most of the time, motivation wanes, willpower wanes. So you do need to have some sort of system with your time to implement these action items, which I think is a big thing people miss. They set the goals, they're all excited, but then they never actually put it in their time. And then that's where things fall through. On that same note, I don't want you to be scared when you do this, but it's important to plan in your time for failure. So um, a thing that I've seen many people do, I've heard like the full focus planner, they ask this question or they did at some point, I think they change up their structure actually. Uh, but I've heard many different coaches ask this to me and I thought I think about it a lot and I think about it for my clients, but while you're writing down action items and don't pick everything, try to, when you're thinking about how will you get there, don't try to map it all out, but try to think about what are the first three steps I need to do in order to get closer to that goal when you work backwards. Because if you try to figure out everything, especially when you're closer to the goal, it's going to be harder for you to see. By taking the first stabs and action items towards that goal, the first immediate few things you need to do, you will then get more information about what are the next things you need to do to achieve that goal. So that's really important. Don't try to think of, well, it's important to write down some steps. Try to think of the first few steps you need to think, you need to do, rather than trying to go all the way into the future and consider what you need to do immediately. You may be able to guess a few, but take educated guesses of what you need to do immediately. Even if you're wrong, it'll teach you more information about what you need to do next to achieve your goal. Um, but the second thing I was going to say is plan for a failure. And what I mean by that is the first few action items you put down, they might fail. So don't be hyper stressed about it, but do consider, okay, if I fail at this, what will I do, right? Um, for the 10K, I didn't think, I'm going against my own advice, I didn't think I'd fail the 10K, but I thought it would be hard. And I also knew that I might... Um, 
I might get tired on my training and stuff like that. And there might be some hard days where I don't feel like running. So I plan for what do I do when I'm not feeling it and what parameters mean I should run anyway and what means I should kind of just take a break. And I'm really feeling like my recovery is bad. I'm sore, all those sorts of things. And I, I feel like I could get injured if I run, then it's a no-go, no running. But if I'm just kind of feeling lazy and I'm feeling it's a little meh, I should still go for a run, right? So I plan for what do I do when I don't feel like following through with things? And then also, what do I do when it all comes crashing through? So some another thing someone asked is, what do you do when you fail, right? Like what, what happens when you're trying to achieve your goal and the first failure happens, like you're trying not to binge and purge, then you binge and purge. If that's one of your goals, I would plan for it, right? Like, What's going to happen? And what is your immediate response that you usually do? And usually it's some sort of combination for people of self-loathing, hating themselves, giving up, saying that this is evidence that they can't do it and they shouldn't have even bothered in the first place. And then they go back and they just start repeating the same things and they starve themselves and all that sort of stuff. And then three months later, they, they want to try to recover again after they pass the traumatizing phase, right? Don't do that. Maybe after you've been shim purged, you have a protocol for, okay, we're going to give ourselves a nice meal. We're going to rest. And then when we feel able, we are going to review why we think it happened, what was going on during that time, and what we want to try differently next time based on what happened this time. We review and learn about it rather than treating it as the self-loathing opportunity. So that's what I'd say is the next step is plan a little bit for failure. Don't You don't have to think of everything, but the most prominent fears or doubts that you have in your head about the goals that you're setting, the things that you fear most happening do write those things down and write about how you want to adapt to them and plan for them and respond differently than you would previously. I've said this many times, but I think how you've handled failure is actually much more indicative of progress than how you're handling success. Of course, success is good. I, I want everyone to succeed, right? But you can handle failure better than you did previously. And I think that's a big marker of success. When people binge and purge, they have a relapse and they aren't being self-loathing and they aren't hating themselves, they're not giving up altogether and it doesn't turn into five binges and purges or a whole bender a week, that sort of stuff. I know that they're making some progress, right? Because they're able to pick themselves up and be nicer to themselves, compassionate, learn from it, use it critically, not continue to do it the rest of the day, not be black and white and they're thinking about it. That shows so much more progress than doing everything perfectly and never messing up. I mean, that's great if you're like that, but it's not realistic for people. So plan for the failure along with the action items you need to do to achieve the goal. And when you have a slip up or have a challenge, you'll be much more prepared for it. All right. And then the final thing I want to talk about with implementation is how will you stick to it and how will you keep going even when you've maybe lost some momentum or you've lost maybe willpower or you don't feel like it or just kind of hard. Um, there's a few things that I'd say. One, again, like I said before, you want to dedicate time towards it. Otherwise, it's not going to get done. Like you, if you aren't already doing to-do lists or daily schedules, if you already are, then put it in your schedule, right? Time it, plan it, plan it, map it out. If you aren't, I'd highly recommend just having a rudimentary scheduling system, having a daily to-do list, a daily time where you think about in the morning what you're going to do today and how you're going to do it. It can take five minutes. It doesn't have to be super complicated, especially depending on your needs. But in that daily to-do list or that daily scheduling process you use, put those goals in there. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard to stick to it, especially as time goes on and you get further away from this New Year's hype. The second thing is that 
you have to remind yourself of the reasons why you're doing it in the first place. So something I like to do that helps me a lot, I don't always do it, but I'd say probably 50% of the week I do it is when in the morning when I'm scheduling and thinking about my to-do list, I also just really quickly write down my goals for the year, the big ones. And then I always write down why do you want to do it? Or I sometimes write down, why are these important to you? And sometimes just writing down the goals and seeing them is enough. And that's what I do. And that takes literally a minute. It does not take that long. But also writing down the reasons why it's important to you. And they, they're just bullet points. They're not super complicated. Um, I sometimes write down how they'll impact my life really quickly. Um, and like what this means to me. That kind of reignites a little bit of, no, this is, this is important. This is why I chose these things. We still want this. We still want to work towards these things. And I find when I stop writing down my goals or I don't want to write them down, it's because I don't necessarily want to put in the effort or work to write them down or to, sorry, to implement them that day. And that's when I know for sure. I don't, I'm, I'm struggling with my willpower, right? Because I know, that's why I know for sure I need to write them down because I need to face them. I need to look at it. When I was really struggling financially, um, I would never look at my bank account because I was like, I just don't want to know. I don't want to know what's in there. If I don't look, it's not a problem. Like I know it's bad. So just hopefully it'll fix itself, but that's not the case. So the more closely you can keep your goals just in front of your face and have them constantly reminded, you're constantly reminded of them, the more likely you are to achieve them, which I know sounds like such simple advice. And I always heard that and I always thought it was BS and I always thought it was stupid and too easy. So I never did it. But honestly, it's a big thing of what I do. I just remind myself constantly of my goals. I have a whole whiteboard that I have in my room that has my goals on it all the time. And then it has some markers of like, if I know I'm achieving those goals. And I know it sounds hyper anal and stupid and OCD, but it really does help me if things are right in front of my face. If I, they're not in front of my face, I will forget. I will not do it. I will just let it burn and then I'll find it three months later and be like, crap, I was supposed to do this thing and I totally forgot about it. It's like a text message that you read and you don't immediately respond to and then you forget about it. Your goals are the same thing. So I think half the battle with goals, at least 30% of the battles, dedicating the time for your goals to constantly reminding yourself of your goals just without even, you don't even have the reason, just know that they're there. They're constantly gnawing at you and making noise at you so that you know, and, and not in a bad way, but just they're there so you can't ignore them, right? And when you can't ignore something, you kind of have to do something about it, right? You're just basically harassing yourself with your goals. And then three, I think the other part of it is what um, you have to have a little bit of strategy when it comes to those days you don't feel like it. And sometimes what I'll write down in the morning, I said this a while ago, but I'll write down how am I likely to show up today? And how do I need to show up today in order to achieve these goals? And that was a really interesting question phrasing. I got it from Corinne Crabtree on one of her, um, her, it was like a workshop she did for some other coaching program on how to schedule things. But I use that quite often because what it's, what's good is that that question of how are you likely to show up today shows you all of your behaviors and typical responses that are going to lead you down the count, the route of not achieving things and the way you're likely to show up. It's, it's basically showing you your challenges that you have to overcome for the day of like, I'm really likely to mindlessly snack at this time of day and I need to be aware of that. And, and here's why we do it and how it happens. And then the writing down, how do I need to show up today? It's your opportunity to say, okay, we're really we're likely to mindlessly snack here. And here's why. What do we want to do differently at that time? And how do we want to show up differently? And here's the thing. Again, 
even if you only show up 25% better, let's say you still mindlessly snack, but you're much more aware, you know when you're doing it and you mindlessly snack less because you're aware of it and you recognize when you're doing it in the moment and you make a different decision. You're like, yeah, I wrote about this earlier. Damn. Um, okay. I'm going to put it down. I'm going to go rest instead because that's what I wrote down. I wrote down that maybe while I'm, instead of mindlessly snacking, I should take a nap or go outside or just sit down for a little bit and chill or watch some reels. So you go do that instead. It's the awareness that you're bringing to it and then having an alternative plan. That's the third and final thing about implementation is really planning for those challenges day in and day out and then having a different response to them uh, is what I'd say. And I know it sounds so simple, but that is really the reality. Of course, also when you're trying to achieve your goals, take care of your basic needs and don't burn yourself into the ground. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard for you, which I think goes into the time implementation. But I think the biggest thing that's been beneficial for me this year and for a long time has been how am I typically going to show up and how do I need to show up on a day-to-day basis? And again, people think, oh, I don't want to do a daily schedule. That sounds awful. But it's been a game changer. And I was never someone who liked scheduling. I, I could barely follow a to-do list before 2020, I think, is when I really started getting into scheduling. And it came from this, the reason of owning your own business, doing a podcast, doing everything. I just realized that the person I wanted to become and the responsibilities I had, they weren't going to be possible, possible unless I came up with a different strategy to implement and keep track of everything. And so for me, it became not an option to not intentionally plan my time every single day. And it's kind of similar to urges, right? I think a big thing that changes in recovery is when you stop being so reactionary to urges and you be intentional with them and you observe them and you get curious about them rather than immediately reacting the way that you typically do. That's the same thing with goal setting and scheduling is when you become intentional with your time versus reactive. And that's why this is, I believe firmly in this because the more intentional you can be with your time and your goals, the more you're actually dedicating time to things that you want to do rather than dedicating time to whatever is just automatic and reactionary like bulimia and other things. So this is actually really important for recovery. All right. And lastly, how do you stick to them over time? I've kind of already explained that, but I'd say that something else that helps me throughout the year is having just check-ins throughout the year. So I do monthly check-ins and quarterly check-ins because the journal I use actually it is only three a three-month journal. So every three months I have to revisit my goals. There's actually a section in there to revisit your goals. So it's been helpful. But even if I didn't, if that journal discontinued, I'd do it now just because it's I'm used to it. So I check in with my everything every single month, but then also every three months I have kind of a big yearly check-in too. And I think that's helpful. So plan that in your time too for your goals. How are you doing? What's going on? And then do you need to adjust your goals? That might be helpful too. Sometimes you'll set a goal and then you realize very quickly it's not right or it's not going to happen or you need to change it a little bit, tweak it. I had to tweak some of my goals this year for sure. And that's okay, but just make time for it and adjust it. You'll know. That brings me to one of my last questions I got, which is kind of interesting. They said, um, what is it? What... Where in the world? Oh, um, sorry, guys. I know I should have edited this out, but that's it's just what raw podcasts are like. Uh, oh, they said how to set realistic goals, how to know if they're achievable. My short answer would be you don't know. The only reason, the only way to know if they're achievable is to set them, do them. And then if you don't achieve it, probably it wasn't necessarily achievable right now or in the way that you did it, or it wasn't super realistic if you get overwhelmed and find that you can't implement it. But there are ways to kind of measure whether it's realistic without actually doing it. And that's by doing what I said earlier, which is 
trying to implement it um, or trying to schedule it, trying to make time. If you see really quickly, you don't have time for it. Or maybe you are implementing it and you're just like too tired all the time and there's just no time in the day for it. Then you might find out really quickly, it's not realistic because there's just no time or I don't have the resources to do these things right now. Some, some of your goals may require money or they may require energy that you don't have. So it would be important then to, um, sorry, I'm getting a call right now. So I'm distracted, but it'd be, that'd be a good way to figure out if it's achievable. You cannot like what resources does, does this require? What amount of time does this require? Do I have those things to be able to achieve that goal? If you don't, I'd say it's unrealistic and maybe the goal should be to achieve those resources or time first before you set the goal. But that can be something sometimes you might find that a goal, uh, try not to set goals that are a risk to your health, obviously, or you, but you won't really know till you try it. But I think there are some things that you can kind of off the bat know this isn't going to be good for me, but some things you won't know till you try or you kind of put it into this map of time and resources and energy. So that's what I'd say. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. I love, love, love talking about this stuff. I absolutely dig it. As you can tell, I spent, um, what is it, 46 minutes talking about it. So, you know, um, definitely something I do. If you would like help on setting goals and achieving them and implementing them and strategy and time management, along with maybe some recovery help. But I do have, I think it's four spaces open for private coaching right now. Um, so if you want to work with me, you can book a consult on my website and at bingebreakers.com and we'll sit down and talk about whether it's a good fit or not based on what's going on with you. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes people just don't get along with me because uh, I'm like lame <laughs> or or they just they need more help than I can give. Again, I am a coach, a recovery coach certified, but I'm not a therapist. I'm not um, a doctor. So sometimes people just need more help than I can give. That's okay. It's not the right time and place yet. But if you want help with time and strategy and scheduling and achieving goals, I fucking love that shit. So, you know, we could be, we could work well together. And I, I have had to do a lot of work myself on when I want to achieve a goal and then it comes time to do the things I scheduled and I didn't, I don't want to do it and then push myself to do it anyway. And I think that's maybe the final thing I'll say about goals. I've had a lot of experience with that and I'm good at doing that so I can help you with that. Um, but I think there's this, you have to in the moment be super aware of the things that you tell yourself and the things that you feel that make you not want to achieve that goal. And then you have to think about why they're important to you anyway, and then make the decision to feel kind of bad in the moment to then achieve that goal, right? And to be like, accept the negative feelings that come with it and do it anyway, right? And that's such a skill that's built, but the more you do it, the easier it gets, as long as you're taking care of yourself. You can't just run yourself to the ground doing things you don't want to do. And then you get that secondary fun that feels so good, that sense of achievement, which is nice. Maybe I'm just addicted to achievement. I don't know. But anyway, I can help you with that. I'm really good at it. Um, anyways, hope you enjoyed this raw and edited podcast. There'll be one more, uh, next week, I think. And then there's also a bonus episode coming out with Marcus Kane uh, next week on Boxing Day for those of you guys in the UK. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. Bye, everyone. Oh, and never give up on yourself. I almost forgot. Never, ever give up on your damn self. All right.